0: Great news everyone, Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We pray for our children as they go back to school. We pray the blood of Jesus over Addison's disease. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the true God, Jesus Christ, amen. We conclude our study of the letter to the church at Ephesus with chapter six. Verses one through four states, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. My friends, we live in a society where children do not obey. Perhaps they have not read that scripture and do not know that they're supposed to obey. I think that could be part of the problem. Perhaps parents expect teachers to teach their kids how to obey. Now that's some of the thinking, but not the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is, parents don't make kids obey at home, so they don't obey at school or on their jobs later in life. The 50% divorce rate means that the child is only receiving obedience instruction from one parent at a time. Too often, the single parent fails to be the disciplinarian, so the kids are raised in a bubble that has no obedience training for the 50% that are married you must know that Adam disobeyed his father God and earthly children will disobey their earthly parents yes it is the children's responsibility to obey but more importantly it is the parents responsibility to teach obedience the consequences of not teaching is a society that we have today where some people will not be able to function in society because they believe that the laws and the rules don't apply to them. When children obey their parents, they also are obeying the Lord. Paul repeats Exodus 20 and 12 and Deuteronomy 5 and 16, that this is a verse with promise. As I mentioned last week, in first century Greco-Roman society, children were required to submit to the authority of parents. Paul's theme of mutual submission carries from the fifth chapter to the sixth. The promise of long life is a general one, not absolute. A disobedient child is a foolish child and often does not make it into their senior years. Paul also teaches that parents should show restraint when administering punishment to keep their children from harboring resentment. Folks, growing up, I got my share of spankings, And I can't say that I enjoyed any of them, and I'm sure I resented some of them, but I deserve them as part of the discipline. This training is the responsibility of fathers, not the schools, not the mothers, not the Sunday school. Now, let's look at verses 5 through 8 of chapter 6. It proclaims, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling." In sincerity of heart as to Christ not with eye service as men pleasers but as bondservants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does he will receive the same from the Lord whether he is a slave or free my brothers and sisters Paul is writing about slaves at the time Fast forward to 2022, and those who work for a living are bound to a job and to their boss. And so, we are to submit to the authority of our bosses. The difference between Paul's time and modern times is, we can quit our job at any time and pursue other employment. But unless you own your own business, you will always be subject to a supervisor. We are to work that job like we're working for the Lord. My friends, the bond servants in Ephesus may have been slaves on earth, but they were equals in heaven. Your status here on earth means nothing in heaven. We're all God's children. Paul also warns the masters or bosses to treat the slaves or workers as if he was pleasing the Lord. Folks, that's why you must be aware of those who are in authority over you. If they are godly, They won't have a problem treating you as a brother or sister. If they are ungodly, you need to pray for them. You might be the only Bible that your boss sees. However, you are not obligated to do anything illegal or unethical for your supervisor. It's time to find another job if you are asked to do anything outside the will of God. When Paul's letter gets to verse 10, he writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. My Christian friends, all of my help comes from the Lord. As the song goes, once you put your trust in Jesus for everything, and I mean everything, you realize that it is His strength, not yours. His power, not yours. And His might, not yours. Now that's a hallelujah moment. As Christians, we need the Lord to fight the spiritual battle that comes our way. Once we have the Lord as commander-in-chief, Following his orders, we must prepare for battle each day. Paul had been under house arrest and chained to a Roman soldier, which gave Paul the comparison between spiritual armor and the armor of the Roman soldier. In verse 11, Paul instructs the Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Folks, how many mornings do you leave the house without putting on your spiritual armor. We are in such a hurry to start our day that we neglect to read our Bibles and pray. We have already started the day off on the wrong foot. The devil is waiting on those who approach the day without their spiritual armor. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against Spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. My Christian comrades, we are not at war with a physical enemy. We are at war with a spiritual enemy, and we must be equipped with spiritual weapons. Satan's army has ranks. They are rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and spiritual forces of evil. Folks, if you are not under spiritual attack, perhaps you are not a threat to Satan, Start witnessing to others. Start reading the word of God. Start praying. Start being a light in this dark world and watch the attack start. Verse 13 reads, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. My friends, without the strength of God and the spiritual armor, you cannot stand against the attacks of your spiritual enemy. And so, we learn what we are to do as soldiers in this spiritual battle. We are to stand. Not run into battle. We are to stand. Not run away from the battle. Just stand. Now, my friends, how are we supposed to fight by standing? We must understand that the battle is not yours, but God's. We will notice that all of the armor of God is defensive except one key piece. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Folks, a Roman soldier's belt held everything together. The belt of truth holds everything together spiritually. We must believe that the word of God is true and it is our faith that the Bible is true, which holds us together as Christians. Friends, A Roman soldier's breastplate protected the vital organs. Paul uses the breastplate to represent righteousness. We cannot put on our own righteousness, for it will fail. We are to put on Christ's righteousness to protect our hearts from the assaults of the devil. Verse 15 continues, Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word shod is the simple past tense of "shoe." The shoes of the Roman soldiers were thickly studded with sharp nails. Think about golf cleats. The shoes were able to maneuver over rough terrain and they could dig in when they had to. And so, the Christian must dig in as the enemy bombardment continues. We are able to have peace while chaos surrounds us as we are well prepared with the good news. Keep that in mind When you're having a bad day verse 16 emphasizes above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one my christian friends above all doesn't mean that the shield is the most important it means in addition to the previous pieces of armor take the shield the roman soldier's shield was covered with leather to absorb the fire-tipped arrows our spiritual shield means that our faith in the Lord can stop anything the devil throws at us. Verse 17 concludes the putting on of the armor and instructs us, saying, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Folks, the helmet protects the head and in battle, a soldier would never go into battle without his helmet. We know that we are saved even as the devil tries to plant in your mind that you are not. That's why the helmet of salvation is so important. The sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon given. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he told the devil, it is written and cut him down with the word. In order to use this powerful weapon, some training is in order. First, we must read the instructions. It has been said that the Bible... B-I-B-L-E stands for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. So now, we have the Lord's strength, God's armor, and the sword of the Spirit. That's how we can stand. Paul in verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Folks, all prayer... Whether it's secret, silent, corporate prayer, all prayer prepares us for battle. Do not leave your house in the morning without praying. Not only pray for yourself, but pray for others. My daily prayer list includes those that I know who are sick and several churches I'm affiliated with, including Pastor Joshua's church in Kenya. In verses 19 through 20, Paul asks that the saints pray for him, saying, As for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul would face trials, but he used that stage to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ. In verses 21 and 22, Paul would send Tychicus to the church at Ephesus to relay his condition. Paul closes the letter with the words peace, love, faith, and grace all words of blessings. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this study of Ephesians. We pray that what may have been misunderstood is now clear. We pray that we would be like Paul, ready to give our lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray these things in the name of the mighty God, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.